Good morning and welcome to HealthWorks. I'm Carol Knier, Community Health Manager at Way Memorial Hospital. I want to thank you for joining me today. So on today's show, I do have a returning guest, um, but he's relatively new to Way Memorial. He's been here less than a year, nine months, and it's Dr. Syracuse Anella. Thank you for having me. I am so happy to have you on. And you know, um, for those of you that may not know, um, Dr. Anella is um, a nephrologist here at Wayne Memorial Hospital, correct? That's correct. And so, what does a nephrologist do? Yes, a nephrologist is a specialized physician that takes care of your kidneys. Especially if you have a, a kidney problem, then you are referred by your primary care provider to see a nephrologist who pays particular attention to what the problems are and figures out how to solve the problems as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I'm, I think people know they have kidneys, right? We usually right. have two, right? right? How important is the kidneys? Like, what do the kidneys do? Right. So the kidneys, they are being shaped structures and usually they are located at the back area. Okay, they are beside the spine and they filter your blood and clean it out. So the composition of your blood is majorly determined by the kidneys. So they are the ones that control all the electrolytes, the fluid in the blood, and they make sure that your blood is at the right composition for your body cells to function properly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, when someone has damage to their kidneys or they have kidney disease, right. um, what, what happens? Yes, a lot of people have diabetes and some people also have hypertension. These are two major risk factors for chronic kidney disease because diabetes is a problem with sugar, as you well know. Your sugar is uncontrolled that can damage your kidneys and make the function go down. And you will never know that you have kidney failure until it is too late. So that's why you need to see your primary care doctor. Frequently, they need to check your kidneys. And if you do have a problem, they should refer you to see the kidney specialist, the Mm -hmm. nephrologist. Right. So like you, you, you talk about diabetes and hypertension. So, you know, yeah, usually primary cares control those, those conditions. Correct. But you know, uncontrolled blood sugars that can damage the kidneys. Right. right? And so that routine blood work, that could be an indication when there's a problem and they can send it to you, right? Right. Send them to you, refer them to you, correct. correct? That's correct. And I need to also mention that one of the other, you know, major risk factors that we see that damages the kidney. It's um, when patients take a lot of NSAIDs, like Aleve, Motrin, Mobic, um, Advil, Indomethacine, and any of those NSAIDs can damage your kidney. There are a lot of NSAIDs. The, The list is inexhaustible, but Usually, they are all classified as non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, mm-hmm. NSAIDs. So we tend to tell people that you should avoid these medications as much as possible. And I would add, in my professional opinion, that if you have to take them, make sure you're well hydrated. You drink enough fluid so as to prevent it from damaging your kidneys. Right, right. And I think many people don't 
think about them as dangerous because they're over the counter, correct? Right. That's correct. Um, actually, the last time that you were on the show, you mentioned that. So occasionally, you know, I work out exercise, you have an aches and pains, and you pop a couple of Motrin or, right. or ibuprofen, right? right? And you don't think about those right. things. And um, so chronic use of that is, is so important with, with, you know, kidney and kidney health, right? That's correct. And a lot of times you may never know you had kidney problems from it because by the time you know, it's already late. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times you may not know. And by the time they figure it out, the damage has been done. Right, right. So, you know, um, when, when patients come and see you, I'm sure you do a complete evaluation. You look at their blood work and then you evaluate them, right, to see what the best option is to keep them, keep their healthy, their kidneys healthy where they're at right is that correct that's correct now we try to correct the problem if they're reversible because there are two kinds of kidney problems you can have like any other medical problem you can have an acute problem or a chronic problem and acute means there is there is that you know that possibility of getting better mm-hmm. a chronic problem you don't expect to get better you can only control a chronic problem and when they send you to us with chronic kidney disease, there are many stages of chronic kidney disease, but we begin to worry when you are moderate to severe chronic kidney disease. And at that point, stage three and beyond is moderate to severe. We try to pay attention to what is causing the problem, control those we can, get rid of those we can get rid of, like mm-hmm. your NSAIDs. And Obviously, try as much as possible to correct any metabolic deficiencies or, or problems that you may have as a result of the chronic kidney disease. And also, a lot of people may have anemia following chronic kidney disease, which we also treat, because chronic kidney disease causes anemia. Mm. And those anemias will not respond to your regular oral... Um, like iron, iron or supplements iron. and right. stuff like that. So we tend to use IV iron, intravenous iron at that point, and also some some um, medications that stimulate your bone marrow to make blood, like uh, erythrocyte-stimulating agents. Mm-hmm. Examples are like Ipugin, uh, Procrete. There are so many in the market that we use. Right. And, and, you know, again, I love doing these shows because I learned something new (laughs) when I do. And again, you know, it's so important, like you said, because people may not know that their kidneys are damaged until they get regular lab work and and see their physician, which is so important. But what I'm hearing is there's help for individuals, and that's right. that's something that you do on mm-hmm. a daily basis. You help people protect their kidneys, prevent them from getting worse, right? Right. Um, and that's truly amazing. You know, high blood pressure. How much does high blood pressure or, un- or should I say uncontrolled blood, blood pressure, pressure affect kidneys? Right. So the kidneys, like every organ, is fed with blood vessels. So high blood pressure tend to damage these blood vessels that feed the kidney. And obviously, the, the kidney is a filter, so it's a blood vessel that forms the filter called the glomerulus. If the blood pressure that is too high, it can damage the glomerulus. And, and with that, we call that hypertensive nephrosclerosis, in which case the kidney starts getting bad due to high blood pressure. You can have blood pressure damaging vessels in the brain causing stroke, in mm-hmm. the heart causing heart attack. Same thing happens in the kidneys. 
Wow. And so, you know, when, when we, when I know I've heard comments from people like, oh, I went to the doctor. My, they said my blood pressure is a little high, but I'll just keep an eye on it. That's not a good thing to do, right? I mean, it Look, should be treated. Right. So your doctor, everybody is different. Mm-hmm. So the blood pressure allowed for each person is different based on your age. And obviously, most of the cardiologists want a lower blood pressure. But we in the kidney world want a little bit of higher blood pressure than the cardiologists do because we need the pressure to feed the kidneys with blood. However, we do not want the blood pressure to be too high as to damage the vessels to supply the kidney Mm -hmm. and the glomerulus as well. So we typically want the blood pressure less than 140 over 90. That's what we recommend Mm -hmm. in, in the kidney world. Okay. And if you have diabetes, we want it even lower, okay. less than 130 over 80. Right, right. And again, it's all to help protect that kidney from any more further damage that may be there, correct? That's correct. That's very correct. I know a big question is, what about what people eat and their dietary intake? Does that play a big role in kidney health? Right. Well, first of all, we have to mention that obesity can cause kidney disease on its own Mm -hmm. without you having any other problem. Just because you're obese, your kidneys are likely to be hyperfiltrating to catch up with your body mass. They are filtering too much to catch up and then they swell and then they can leak protein in the process. And once your kidney starts leaking protein, that's a very bad prognostic Mm -hmm. sign because the damage can be very rapid Usually, people lose kidney function as you age, just like with every other organ, they grow age, they age with you. So the kidney loses function as it ages, but the loss is minimal. It's not something that should cause your kidney to fail before your lifetime, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of times when the kidney fails before your lifetime, it means there's something else going on besides aging. Right, and and those are things that, again, I always like to bring it back to you because you're the specialist, um, that someone can come and you can, you know, help, you know, determine maybe what the problem is, right, right. and help them. Um, you know, and one other thing that um, you provide, if needed, is a process called dialysis. That's correct. correct. And that's usually after, like, maybe stage four or yeah. five of kidney damage, correct? Right. Can you explain that a little bit? Right, so... Dialysis is, what I call it in simple man's language, is artificial kidney. So your natural kidney function is gone, Mm -hmm. at which point it can no longer support your um, metabolism to stay alive. So you need an artificial kidney. The artificial kidney is the dialysis machine that then gets your blood, purifies it, and, and and gives you the um, the things it needs the, the things that it needs and, and make sure that it gets rid of the toxins and mm-hmm. the excess fluid mm-hmm. now we have two types of dialysis mainly the we, we can clean your blood through hemodialysis or through peritoneal dialysis the hemodialysis utilizes the dialysis, the hemodialysis machine, and usually it gets the blood from you through 
either the fistula that you have in your hand mm -hmm. or a graft or the catheter, in which case we have a big catheter through your neck or groin or wherever we can get the blood flow from. And at that point, we circulate it through the machine. The machine has a filter. It also has what we call dialysate fluid that has the good composition of your electrolytes. And that way we can filter your blood and mm -hmm. clean it out right. during that process. The peritoneal dialysis, on the other hand, uses the peritoneal membrane as the filter so that we can then use that membrane in your belly to exchange the abnormal substances will diffuse out of your blood and the good ones from the dialysis will flow into your blood and with that doing, we can clean out your blood and help you, you know, keep going. Right, and, and again, you know, that is so needed for individuals, again, whose kidneys are not functioning. And that's something that you helped kind of initiate here at William Memorial, correct? For that's some correct. of our inpatients that come in for, maybe they have a broken hip or something, right. but they need to have dialysis, dialysis while right. they're here, right? Right, that's correct. So we've been, we take all dialysis patients here now at William Memorial Hospital. With the peritoneal dialysis, however, they need to come in with their supplies for Okay. Mm -hmm. But you'll assist them. So right. if, if for whatever reason, you know, we, I know you've worked very hard to work with our staff, to train our staff. So That's this right. is just a, a wonderful plus that we have here now at Wayne Memorial Hospital. And also for you, I mean, you, so you see inpatients, you also see outpatients, correct? That's correct. So I see outpatient dialysis at the Davider Hosteel Dialysis Center. Mm -hmm. That's where I admit most of my outpatient dialysis. Uh, but I do have privilege around the area. Okay, great, great. And so, um, so again, what's maybe an important message for people out there to keep their kidneys healthy? Yes, you have to always try to stay well hydrated. By that, I mean you drink enough fluid now, if you have congestive heart failure, you need to maintain the fluid restriction based on what your doctor tells you, usually less than 1.5 liters a day. But at the same time, don't overdo it. Mm -hmm. I usually recommend if you have heart failure to drink between 1 to 1.5 liters. That way you're not drinking too little and you're not drinking too much. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have heart failure to where you can drink as much as you can, I'll advise you to drink as much as you can. But typically, about two to three liters a day will be fine. Right, right. And we're talking about like mostly water, right. not dehydrating right. liquids like coffee or right. something that's caffeine or, that's or alcohol, true. That's right? That's very true because <laughs> caffeine is a diuretic. It will make you pee more. So if you drink coffee, you should adjust by drinking more water. Okay, wonderful. Well, you know, 15 minutes, as I say, go really fast. So, Dr. Nelle, I really, really appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Again, this is Carol Kanier wishing you a great day, and thank you for listening.